Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. And we will start live in three, two. One. Welcome everybody to another Baseball America podcast. JJ Cooper, Kyle Glazer, with you as we're gonna it, we're going daily now. We're going to the uh, the playoff podcast. We will be doing these very regularly. If there's not a game, we're we're not going to do one. But there are very few days in the rest of October that don't have games until we get to. So prepare to hear our beautiful voices a whole heck a of lot, a lot this a month. A lot, a lot. You know, we we have a little bit of a rotating crew. Uh, you know, they'll be talking these over, but obviously. We're going to be watching games every day, and so we might as well talk about them with you all, and we'll dive in. Before we do that, I do want to remind you that you are uh, listening to a Baseball America podcast that is sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. Shop now at Baseballism.com and enter the offer code BASHIP, that's B-A-S-H-I-P, to receive free shipping on your order. Visit Baseballism.com to shop for hats, shirts, and more today. So, Kyle, we, we start the playoffs. If you're getting this, you know, we are going to put this out about two three two to three hours before first pitch. Still so weird. These 8 p.m. starts on the East Coast. I don't understand uh, how I, people this, do it. I, it it's the, the sleep deprivation. I, I fear it because it's coming this month. It's coming. Um, and especially in the, uh, you know, yeah. So, 8 o'clock start, extra commercials for the postseason. I, you know, if we're done by 11.30, 12 o'clock tonight, I'll, I'll feel like we... 11.30, I feel like we did normal, to be honest. Let's just hope the umpires uh, move the game along. Yes. So we're going to talk a little bit, obviously, in detail about Twins-Yankees before we get this done, but we wanted to pull back a little bit to start. So, so Kyle, as we look at the playoffs as a whole, we've got basically two-thirds of the major leagues are, are now done. Mm-hmm. One-third to go. By tomorrow, we will be down to nine. By uh, Wednesday night, we'll be down to eight, and uh, hopefully, actually, I guess it could be Thursday morning in the East Coast, depending on how long the game goes, but, um, and we'll be down to eight, and then, you know, we're, we're obviously heading it in that direction for the World Series, but what stands out to you as we, we get started here? You know, I did some numbers crunching, and I think what's really interesting is, you know, we talk a lot about pitching, you know, drive success, and you look at all these teams, they were both in the top uh, top tier of Major League Baseball, for the most part offensively and pitching-wise, because, hey, you got to be good at both to be a good team. Makes sense. But the thing that I thought was most interesting was the correlation was much stronger on the offensive side. The top eight offenses in terms of runs scored this year are all in the playoffs. The ten teams in the playoffs were all among the top 12, and all of baseball in runs scored. When you start getting into the pitching, it's a little less so. Colorado was 17th in the majors Obviously. in the yard, which understandable. Minnesota was 19th in the ERA. Even Houston was 11th. You start getting more and more teams – you know, that are outside the, that elite group. So I thought it was interesting that, you know, we've seen this year of huge offensive numbers, a lot of big uh, big run-scoring environments, uh, including in some that weren't traditionally considered run-scoring environments. And, you know, this really is 
baseball has become an offensive game, and obviously you need pitching to win. But I think it'll be interesting to see in the postseason how much these regular season trends carry over. Of more often than not, it's the best offenses that really determine, you know, who wins the most games more so than the pitchers. The, the interesting thing with that is, is like you you mentioned like the Astros, and the thing that stands out with the Astros for this is is that. The Astros, more than, you know, the Rockies, we know why they're ranked that low in this, because they play in Coors Field, the uh, home of batting champs. Uh, you know, it's pretty much, do you want to be a batting champion? Be a Rocky. But, uh, you know, that's... 11 in 25 years now, I think yeah. it is, with Charlie Blackman. Yeah, and, and at the same time, you know, they actually, I think their pitching staff overall, this is actually, this has, you know, been one of the bright spots for them as far as a Rockies pitching staff. But the thing that stands out for Houston, I just crunched these numbers while you were talking, which is... Uh, the good news for Houston is is that Mike Fires will not probably be pitching for them in the postseason, and working it out, rough back of the napkin uh, estimate, he was responsible for 13% of the uh, Astros runs this year because he he pitched a lot, uh, 153 innings, which actually led the staff, and he also uh, had a 5.22 ERA. So they're going to do better just from the fact that you you know they'll know they'll boil it down to three to four starters and. The Houston is Houston. Their starters, besides maybe Justin Verlander, are not going deep. So you it'll, know. it'll be interesting to see. Now, here's the other thing that kind of fascinated me. If I were to ask you of the t- 10 playoff teams, which one scored the fewest runs this season, what offense would you guess it is? It sounds funny, but I'm going to go really stupid, which is I'd say Dodgers because they play Dodger Stadium. Exactly. It's Dodgers. Not just those 81 games at Dodgers Stadium. They've got another 10 at AT&T Park, another 10 at Petco. But at the same time, we did see this offense disappear for stretches during that horrendous stretch, whereas a team they hit below 200. That, to me, is going to be one of the most interesting dynamics this postseason. Say, for example, you know Arizona, whatever, gets out of there, and all of a sudden you have Arizona, who people don't realize, third-best pitching staff in baseball really this year, staff. ERA. Pitching in Arizona, which a lot of people don't realize, is a pitcher's park. Phoenix is at 3,000 feet elevation. All of a sudden, you take that rotation against a Dodgers offense that has gone in the tank at various points. That'll be interesting to see. I think for me, that's going to be the most interesting dynamic, seeing the Dodgers offense, because look, they won the most games in the major leagues this season. Their pitching is good. Even when it's you know struggling, it's still good compared to the rest of Major League Baseball. And look, the Dodgers have been here before. Five straight division champions. They've spent a whole heck of a lot of money. Fans are getting restless out in L.A. I think more than, you know, people I think focus on, oh, the Red Sox and the Yankees. The Red Sox and Yankees have multiple titles. Right. The Dodgers haven't even been since 1988. You talk about marquee, big spending franchises, hungry for World Series. If the Dodgers go one and done again, there's going to be blood. There's going to be hell to pay in Los Angeles. Right. No, I do think that it is something where the teams, okay, let's, let's start with this. The teams that need it the most. The two that stand out to me, you mentioned the Dodgers, and you know the, the Dodgers, the Nationals to me. The Nationals, the Nationals have been one of the most consistently good teams in baseball. You know, over the last really, you know, if you're saying right now the the the, the teams, the 2010s, you know, you would say obviously you would rather have the Giants up and down, but hey, we'll just keep you know we'll win some World Series. That's a better uh, approach, but. The Nationals are a consistent winner. They're consistently in the playoffs, and they consistently go home very soon once the playoffs begin. And that's what they really have to change. I mean, there are two franchises in all of baseball who have never even been to a World Series. One is the Mariners, and the other is the Nationals slash Expos. But even the Mariners, you can say, hey, they made some ALCSs. 
the Nationals haven't won a playoff series. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a situation where, again, you know, Dusty Baker, I think, gets a lot of, of heat out there. But over the course of a regular season, you can't argue with this guy's track record. Different markets, different payrolls, different eras. He's won in all of them. Mm-hmm. Got teams to the playoffs in all of them. Postseason bullpen management has been an issue for him. And, and I think if that comes up again this year... It's going to be, uh, it won't be pretty up in D.C. either. I do agree with you. I think those are the two teams that need it most. When I say need it most, to me, it's getting to the World Series. If you get there and you lose, yeah, it's it's a bummer, but there's still a, hey, we got a pennant. This was a great experience. I, I, I will disagree with you on that, okay. and here's why. We had two teams that, recent you know World Series teams that fell apart this year. Mm-hmm. The Mets, the t- they faced each other, the Mets and the Royals. And now the Mets falling apart was much a much harder fall. But in Kansas City, as they watched a team that they know, I mean, winter is here. Store up, you know, your grain, everything you need, because it's going to be ugly in 18. It's going to be ugly in 19. I say store your vodka more than yeah, your grain. Yeah, but yeah. Well, you can make, you know, so I guess, you know. But um, you store up your potatoes, I guess, so you can make your vodka. Whatever, there we but, go. You know, but, and what it was when they finished at the end of the year, it was a celebration. They, you know, I've never, I mean, it's, 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 it really is rare to see that you have four guys who are leaving in free agency and there's no, oh, you greedy players, stay, you know, da 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 da, da. It was standing O's, thank you, we will miss you, but we thank you for what you've done. And as great as that first postseason run was for them, where they lose to Bumgarner in Game 7, I think it's entirely different. If that's all they do, it is treated as, man, that was really good, but at the same time, we didn't do what we needed to do. You know, And so, whereas in New York, it fell apart this year, and it fell apart hard, admittedly. Every- it's amazing how far away, not just that it was, they were in the playoffs last year. Right. Back-to-back year post-seasons. So, but it is not looked there. Terry Collins is, you know, ushered the door. Uh, you know, the Dan Worthen, who, you know, was the toast of town just literally an hour and a half ago, I feel like, is, you know, okay, thank you, you know, for your service. And it is looked at as a team very much in disarray. Where are they going now? And I think it really comes down to if they, if, if, if there's a flag flying out there that says 2015 World Series champs, entirely different story, where this would have been, you made the world. You won the World Series in '15. You made the playoffs last year. Man, the injuries just wiped us out this year. We've got to rebuilding and to get back there. By not winning that World Series, I think it changes the entire dynamic. And I think again, I think it's a little easier grading curve in Kansas City because they've been so bad for so long. But by winning that title. I think it changed the dynamic entirely there, too. And I do think there is definitely a fair point to that. But you go back to how long it's been. I think the Dodgers, it's a bit of a different market because they're so used to champions from the Lakers in their heyday, USC in its heyday. But the fact that it's been 30 years and the Dodgers really have once again become the main team in town. You, you, wait, wait, wait. You, wait you, I'm you, sorry. You, want, you are wrong here. The no, San Diego, the now LA Chargers are clearly the dominant team in the market. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, they are okay. they are drawing at least 12 <laughs> fans a Sunday. You know, so. Hey, as a uh, jilted San Diegan, I'm loving every bit of what the Spanos <laughs> are getting right now. But And the best part is it was predictable. No one's surprised, right. but that's, that's a right. different that's podcast. A, that's a different podcast. So, but that's going forward, I do think it would be interesting to see as well, 
you know, one of the teams that really strikes me as, as interesting as well is Boston. And the thing with the Red Sox that I thought was fascinating is they were 22nd in the majors in OPS this year. Now, they scored a lot of runs. They were still in the, they were 10th in the majors, so they're still in that top third. But this is also a team that I think people say, oh, gosh, you have Betts and Benatendi and JBJ and all these. The truth is, as a whole, their offense this year, again, they scored, finished 10th in the majors in runs. It wasn't horrible, but it was not this elite, you know, one through nine crush them offense. It was, in, at various points, kind of a light-hitting offense in terms of power, and that's where you see that OPS drop. They're fascinating to me because I think you can say, all right, you line up Chris Sale, you've got some pitching staff, and Lord knows you've got Craig Kimbrell at the end there to finish it off. Well, not only that, but you've got the now interestingly deployed David Price, too. Yeah, you've, and not to, in the back end, oh, you want to, Joe Kelly, he's not easy to face in the eighth and seventh and eighth no. inning. But again, for them, it's going to be which offense shows up. Is it the one that can, you know, some of these guys, I mean, I just wrote about three up, three down today. Jackie Bradley Jr. disappeared the entire month of September. They've had guys throughout the year have big struggles. And to me, they're almost as fascinating as the Dodgers in the sense of when they're on, they look at times like they could be the best team out there. I mean, even more so, and the Indians are great, the Astros are great, but when the Red Sox are really rolling, they look every bit that level. But they're not rolling that consistently. So to me, they're kind of this other big wild card in the playoffs. No, I, I do think that they, I mean, the thing that strikes me about this playoffs, and this kind of leads into our predictions, which is, I do look at it, and again, I don't want to go too much because about who has the most to win or not. Because the reality is, is that you get hot right now. You know, if you're pitching good right now, you any of these teams. I mean, the, I could map a scenario where the Twins win the World Series. That would be my least likely one. But you could map a scenario. It's unlikely, but it could happen. You know, you just need a, a I nice... I think of Angels in the outfield. It could happen. You know, but, but again, you. I mean, really, if you think about it, if you look at it, and I try to look at these things objectively, if you look at it and said, you know, we are talking now about essentially a three and a half weeks of the season. And are you saying, could any of these teams have the best record in baseball for one month? Oh, absolutely. Now, play 162. The Dodgers, the Astros, the Red Sox are going to have a better record than the Twins. They're better. They are better teams right now. But, but I do look at it and I say, okay, the Twins are a team that right now, getting here is an accomplishment. Huge. They're facing a team tonight in the Yankees for whom getting here is, it is an accomplishment because they've rebuilt a little bit, but the Yankees need to do more for this to be, you know, they, the, the Twins, there's a, a win tonight is a bonus for the Twins. I agree. I think it would also be a huge monkey off their back given their Yankee struggles. For the Yankees, I think it's interesting. They're here faster than everyone expected to, so I feel like it's a different Yankees dynamic than normal Yankees dynamics. I mean, this Yankees team, most wins of any Yankees team since 2012. It's not like even in the context of, oh, we had some teams that were decent or fell down. This is the best Yankees team in five, six years, and it's happened faster than anyone expected with the way they went about their rebuild. So I think in some ways, yes, if the Yankees lose at home to a Twins team, they probably are expected to beat, that'd be disappointing. But I still think that even if it ends in the division series, you can look at it as Yankees fans and say, hey, we got something really, really good to build off here, which is just a very interesting, different dynamic from a Yankees perspective. Okay, so let's go to predictions. Before we get into Yankees twins, so who do you, how do you see this? When it's all done, how does it shake out? Before the year, I said, I was thinking Dodgers-Red Sox. 
I went with the crowd and picked Cub, Cubs Red Sox. Um, I think today, if you were to ask, I, I do feel kind of locked into that. Truthfully, if you were to ask me today who wins it, I would go Indians over Dodgers. Okay. I came before the season, I predicted Cubs Astros and the Cubs winning it. Right now, I'm going to predict Cubs Astros with the Cubs winning it. See, part of me feels like I should stick to what I said at the beginning of the year. I'm not, and I say that because I really think, I think that I look at the Astros, and when you talk about how trades are important, like I think that Justin Verlander, adding Justin Verlander, has been huge for them because what Justin Verlander allowed them to do, now they've already announced it. You know, you're looking at Verlander game one, Keuchel game two. That is way way more frightening than they were pre-Verlander. No but question. the other thing about it is is that I like how it took them a while. But and their bullpen is still not I'm not going to say it's not an Indians bullpen, it's not a Red Sox bullpen, but they have improved it and they kind of figured out some roles for some guys as the season went along, you know. And so, I mean, I I think you look at that and then I do think with the Cubs, I think that the Cubs I think that they, it was very hard to have the same level of day-to-day intensity in the first half season, but you look at it now and you go, the reality of it is, is that this is largely the same team that won it all last year. And I think in some ways, there you've seen the addition of Ian Happ. Albert Almore has taken on a little bit of a bigger role. John Jay has done some nice things. I, I think this is a Cubs team that... In terms of position player completeness, is probably every bit as complete. We've seen some guys really turn it on. Chris Bryant had a great final month. He was having a good year already, but he's coming into the postseason red hot. I think the Cubs, it's weird to think of the defending World Series champions from a major market being overlooked. I don't think anyone should be shocked if the Cubs are the team in the World Series. No, no. I mean, because anyway, shape I mean, or form, I think people are talking about the Dodgers and Nats, and, and rightfully so. I'm that is my pick for the NLCS, well, but, but no one should consider it a surprise that the Cubs are there. But we we don't know what the Nats. We don't know the health. I mean, it, you know, it's like it's something where we do not know if their best pitcher is going, you know, is going to be 100 percent healthy, or I wouldn't even say 100 percent. We don't know if Scherzer is going to be 90 percent healthy. I mean, you know, he left his last start, so it's. If you're the Nationals, it does seem like that happens more often than it does for others. This is very, very true. But we'll be interested to see. I mean, we've made our predictions. Now we'll see uh, how wrong or right we end up being. That's always the fun part. Okay. So tonight, what, do you, what percentage chance do you give the Twins of winning this tonight? I'll give them 22%. 22. That's 22. Specific. And the thing is, I don't think it's wise to doubt Urban Santana. This is a guy who's been in the postseason – been in the gauntlet with the Angels and uh, is a guy that, you know, over the course of the last 10 years and he had the PED suspension and it wasn't always all smooth, this is a guy who's a veteran, who's been round pitching in high and big games, doesn't back down from anyone. This is a guy who's had a really, really good, long, solid major league career and I don't think necessarily gets the credit for it he deserves because a lot of his career has been spent with, you know, the Angels before they were quote unquote, you know, the big market LA Angels or sort of right as that transitioning was happening. The Royals, the Twins. He hasn't been in a lot of huge spotlights. I don't think if Irvin Santana goes out and throws seven innings of three or four hit ball tonight, that should not come as a, oh my gosh, where did this come from? No one saw this. He's capable of that. 
by the same token, I do think over the course of, you know, even if, you know, the Twins are hanging in there for three innings, four innings, five innings, over the course of the game, the Yankees have so many weapons they can throw at you on offense. They have so many guys that can lock it down in the bullpen. I just think at the end of the day, the number of Yankees weapons that will come up to the plate or throw, you know, key pitches in key spots will ultimately be enough to wear the Twins down. I wouldn't let, I'll say this, like you said, if you go seven, to me, one game wild card, I'm telling my pitcher out there, I want you to air it out so that give me a good five tonight. Like if I'm Severino, I'm not looking for, with that bullpen especially, I'm not looking for six. I want, it is two times through the order and let's hand it over because it's all about tonight. And the reality of it is, is that I just want to throw wave after wave of really good arm at him. I mean, I'm not going to go Brian Kenny's full bullpenning, you know, but I am going to go Severino, great, you know, because there's, there's, there's an added bonus to it. You need to win this game more than anything else, obviously. But if Severino faces 18 to 20 batters tonight and hands it over with a lead or a tie game or whatever, and you say our bullpen can carry it from here, because let's be honest, tonight... There is no possibility. You could be going 14 innings, and with the way it works tonight, you'll probably still have a guy who can throw. You know, you know, we've, we, the closest we came to that, I think, was that A's Royals uh, wild card game a few years ago. But you're you're not going to have that problem. But if you do that, if he's limited tonight, it also makes it a little easier for him when he's coming back in the second round. You know, in the division series that you hope to be playing in. But I do look at it and I say. I mean, the Yankees, again, it's a one game. doesn't mean any, any team can beat any other team. We could take, you know, the, the Tigers and we play them against the Yankees and say one game determines everything. And, and I don't mind that. I'm not saying we need to have a best of three or anything like that. I like that your punishment, your penalty for not winning your division is, you're right, could you fluky lose? Absolutely. You know what? If you don't want to do that, win your division. Great. Congratulations. None of these other teams who won their division have to worry about this. The penalty of not winning your division is you can be eliminated by a team that's not as good as you in a one-game winner-take-all format. That's great to me. That's When you say we have 162 and the season matters, this is one of the ways the seasons matter. I would actually be upset if we went to a three-game best wildcard series because then we are saying, okay, you know, if you're going to do it this way, one game's the way to go. So I've given the, the Yankees an 88% chance to win tonight. JJ, what do you see it as? 60%. And the reason I say I'm that sorry, is... I'm sorry, I gave Yankees a 78%. 78. I'm sorry. I, I think the Yankees are 60%. I would give them a 60% chance of winning. And I say that again because it's baseball. You know, I'm not a, I do not bet, and I would especially not bet on baseballs too. You know, yes, but, no question. But if you, said, if you said to me, you know, hey, the line is, is that, you know, you know, basically your payoff is for, you know, 70. No, I wouldn't take the, that line because it's it just, again, because, again, any one day you can see we've had crazy things where the Royals, again, that Royals-A's game where the A's should have won that four different ways. But the other thing, the thing I will be interested to see tonight, and I think too much is made of Gary Sanchez's, you know, poor defense. I mean, at times it's poor, but especially his blocking is poor. That being said... It's a one-game series, and Byron Buxton is the best base dealer that any of us have probably ever seen. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because Billy Hamilton's amazing at 
Byron Buxton's better as far as efficiency. Efficiency doesn't steal as much, but his top speed is just as good as we see now from Statcast. All that. The reality of it is, if it's close in a late situation, there are a couple of guys for the Twins who can put you in that situation where then it just takes one. If Byron Buxton's standing on second base, and you know a ball gets away. I wouldn't say it's even past him that you know you could see him going all you know again. So there, are, those are things that do get magnified in a in a situation like this. That being said, this is not where I'm saying that you need to have Romine behind the plate. No, no, no. Gary Sanchez needs to be back there. The Yankees, as we talked about on the podcast before, have one with Jorge Posada back there. He was poor defensively. He's a poor receiver. You the bat cancels out anything of how bad his defense can be at times. How does Miguel Sano? not being on this wild card roster, affect your outlook for the Twins? Would it still be 60-40 even if Sano was in the lineup? Yeah, because I don't think at this point, the tough thing about it is is that you can't really be confident that Sano is really ready. I mean, that the tough thing about this is is you don't have, I mean, there are instructs and all that, but you do not have, he, he was not ready a couple weeks ago to start easing back into this to be, it, to have your timing back, and let's be honest, Miguel Sano is not someone, this is not Ichiro in his prime where you're like, look, he could have been sitting, you know, encased in ice for the last two months and he would just be able to go three for five. Sano's a guy who, as great as he is, there's a little bit more to get the timing, all that. You know, there's a lot more, there's a lot more at work there in his swing. And so, I, I mean, if you had him active on this roster, Really, what he would have probably would have been doing is he would have been using him as a bench bat right now. I don't think he'd have been in the everyday lineup, considering again, you're not sure health, you're not sure, you know, as far as his timing and all. And if that means that he would have been coming up in a situation where you're facing someone who probably throws 95 plus for one AB with a really good breaking ball, and I don't think that'd have been a situation where he'd have been in a great in a great situation to succeed right now, considering how little time he's had to kind of get back from this injury. No question. I do want to say, you know, one of the things with the Yankees is they are a wild card team, so I think naturally there's you're going to say, hey, give it, you know, the division winners, that's who we feel like we're pitching, picking our uh, World Series uh, World Series uh, teams from. The Yankees among all, I mean, they were second in baseball and run scored, and they were fifth in ERA. This is a team that had a fantastic season. 90-plus wins in most other years, this is a team good enough to win a division. And if not for a couple uncharacteristic uh, meltdowns by Aroldis Chapman and Dell Batances in the middle of the season, maybe Mm -hmm. they are the division champs. So I do think for the Yankees... Oh, yeah. I I mean, this is... You know, when you look at the Twins, I think you can say this is... You know, they've had this amazing turnaround year. They do some good things. When you look at them, are they a World Series caliber team? Probably not. Just talent by talent, stacking them up against the other teams out there. No, I'll say this. They may be as good as the team that won it for the Twins, you know, in 97. I mean, 87, so, you know, in 91. Before I was born, so I'll have to take your word for it. But, uh, no, but I think... But the Yankees, you look at them and say, yes... Talent-wise, this is a World Series caliber group. Oh, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see, again, because we all know what can happen in a one-game playoff, but the Yankees are definitely a team that if they get into that division series, I not that you should ever discount the wild-card team, but especially them. This is a group that I think is very, very potent, and no one should be surprised if they end up oh. going on a run, and before you know it, hey, Astros are done, Indians are done, hey, the Yankees are there. Right. Voila. 
No, not at all. Not at all. And the funny thing is, is we haven't talked about the Indians much before we wrap this up, but it does stand out to me. I, if you told me that the Indians go from, you know, if they basically pull a Royals and they go from coming oh, oh, oh so close last year, because, again, you can't come much closer to winning a World Series than they did. And if they go from that to winning it this year, would not surprise me oh, in no any question. way, shape, or form. I kind of feel like coming into the into playoffs, I think they're a better team than they were last year. Now, I agree. Does, that doesn't, Having Carlos Carrasco healthy goes a long way with that. That doesn't mean that they are a better team than the one because at this time last year is when they invented the don't worry because we don't know if we have a number three and a number four starter, but we can piece it together because we got three relievers that we really are confident in. This will be the Andrew Miller, Cody Allen, and Brian Shaw show, and that worked out great, which kind of set a, blue, a blueprint that I think we will see a lot of this year. No question. I think, I think especially to get deeper in the postseason, you saw it more and more in the championship series and the, and the World Series. But it'll be interesting to see. I, I still think at the end of the day, when you look at those, you know, those great starting pitching matches, you know, potentially Sale versus, uh, you know, well, really, you have Keiko Verlander, Sale in the postseason. Kershaw's obviously going to come back and do what he does for the Dodgers. Well, no, no, that's that. Well, that's an interesting wow. story because it's unfair in some ways. But one of the stories of this is. Well, are we going to get the Clayton Kershaw that we expect to see? Because you see it all through. I would, I'm of the belief that what he ended up doing last year, especially coming out the way he did in Game 5 and against the Washington, and coming back and pitching you know, well against the Cubs given everything that was going on there, I think that monkey is a little bit off his back. But that could all roll back downhill if it doesn't One go bad well outing year. and it's so, right back. So we'll see. But one thing that's important, and, and I remember looking at this a little while ago, is when people talked about, oh, Clayton Kershaw versus Madison Bumgarner, and look at their postseason track record, Bumgarner never had to star on three days rest. Now, there was that great, obviously, World Series short rest relief appearance, but over the course of multiple postseasons, Kershaw kept going three days rest over and over and over and, and over. And that will not happen this year. They've already said this year, nope, it's not happening. Gonna and they don't on need it to happen. Rest, which is one of the big reasons why this Dodgers team is better than their predecessors. When last year it was Clayton Kershaw, a little bit of Rich Hill, and Kenley Jansen. And a couple years ago, they were going out, oh, Ricky Nolasco is our Game 4 starter. We don't want to do that. Understandably. And so the Nothing dog, against Ricky, but no, that was a good call. So, you know, it was, it was Kershaw, Granke, and then who the heck knows for a little bit. So I think now that they can do that, I would not be surprised to see a better, more effective Clayton Kershaw pitching on regular rest in the postseason. It all starts tonight. It's going to be fun. I mean, this is... You know, obviously, if, if you're a Baseball America podcast listener, if you read, uh, you know, read our magazine, read at BaseballAmerica.com, Major Leagues is, you know, is, is a secondary focus for us normally because, I mean, the reality of it is, is that there's a lot of baseball out there and, you know, we, we, between the draft and the minors and international and all. But, but at but, the same time, this is the end game. Everything we do, the right. prospect rankings, international, that, it's that's for the point. this. That's, that's the point the is that – but this is the month where – you know, I mean, again, like during the regular season, me and you are watching as much minor league games a lot of times as we are major league because that's what we. It's easy for me to keep up with the majors and more much more than it is with the minors. You know, that's where the information gathering is going on. But at the same time, you get to this month, and this is what it's all about for literally everything. You know, and that's something that I think. You know, I mean, every I think that's something everyone inside the industry understands. 
That's something that most fans understand. I do still think there's some that don't because you see like, you know, and I'm sure there are trolls, but like, you know, yesterday with the talk of, you know, that is Dayton Moore going to the Braves, you know, and all that. And someone's like, some Royals fan won. Admittedly won. It's like, yeah, you know, I hope he does. He just got lucky, you know, and it's like, no, that's actually the point of what you're doing this for. You know, it's like, you know, I, it does not matter how you get there. If you win it, if there's that trophy, then you did it right. Because if you got, if you got rings, flags and trophies, if you got bling, you did it right. That bingo. The process is the process, but the result is what it's all about. And I do not care how you get to that result. The reality of it is, is that the most successful team every year is the one that wins the World Series. Yes, there are some teams that have more money. There are some teams that have less, all that. But the reality of it is, is that every single team is pointing towards one thing, and only one team can win it every year. And that's why this month is so fun. Absolutely. Best yeah. month of the year for my money, October. I, I do not. Uh, I completely agree, except for the sleep deprivation. <laughs> I do not look forward to that. I will be a little zombie-like uh, come uh, the end of this month, but that'll, that it's a it's an absolutely fair trade. So thank you, Kyle. Thank you, listeners. We do want to thank you for tuning in today. Today's podcast was sponsored by Baseballism. Don't forget to shop now at baseballism.com and enter the offer code BASHIP to receive free shipping on your order. Visit baseballism.com to shop for hats, shirts, and more today. We'll be talking Twins Yankees tomorrow morning, and then we'll talk a little about Rockies Diamondbacks as well. And it's off. Here we go. Here Buckle we go. up. Uh, let's get going. You know, this is, again, this is why... Uh, this is what it's all about. This is why they started uh, showing up in February. So this is why uh, we do what we do. So for Kyle, I'm JJ. Thank you, everyone, for the download. We will talk to you tomorrow. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.